How good. You can take a seat this morning. Welcome to City Church. It's great having the kids in. I think the kids are looking forward to getting back to Kids Church. I spoke to the first thing that Indy Campbell said to me this morning. She's six years old. She said, I come in this morning, she said, Ben, when you get up to preach, I'm going out. (laughs) So needless to say, I think the kids, they've had enough. They are ready to get back to Kids Church. And I want to say to to Monique and all the Kids Church team, we so appreciate you. We honour you for all the incredible work you do. Come on, put your hands together for them. We really love our incredible kids team. They are amazing. Well, why don't we pray? Lord, I just pray this morning for your word. I pray that it would speak deeply to each and every one of us this morning. Lord, we open up our hearts with expectation to receive what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, I want to speak this morning a message entitled, Dealing with Disappointment. Dealing with Disappointment. You know, disappointment is something that we all face in life. John Maxwell says this about disappointment. He says, disappointment is the gap that exists between expectation and reality. Expectation and reality. It doesn't matter who you are, you are not immune from disappointment. We all face various types of disappointment, whether that be a relational disappointment, perhaps a breakdown of a marriage, whether that be a disappointment in business that we have not expected and what we we thought would happen in the reality has been a different thing. Maybe it's a financial disappointment that we've encountered in our life that we did not expect and it's had a huge impact on our life. Maybe it's a friendship that broke down. Maybe it's a relationship within a family that is not functioning as as you'd like it to. Maybe it's the death of a loved one that you did not expect or you did not see coming and that disappointment has shattered you. Maybe it's a fertility disappointment where you had all these expectations for this kind of lifestyle that you would live and, and it didn't happen. It doesn't matter who you are. Disappointment comes to us all. It's a bit like... A vomiting bug in a family. You're, you're there and you're watching everybody else go down in the family with a vomiting bug. And if you're like me, you're optimistic. You're thinking, no, I'm going to avoid it. I'm going to miss it. And then the next person's going down. The next person's going down. You're like, no, no, I'm keeping my distance. I'm going to be fine. And sure enough, it comes for you. And you have to face that thing. Well, disappointment is like that. It, it comes to our lives And it doesn't matter who we are, we're not immune from it. Disappointment will come. In fact, Jesus said this way. He said, in this world, you will have trouble. That is something that we know will happen. We will have trouble, we will have obstacles, we will have pain that we all deal with. Disappointments can be big or small, but disappointments do come. Some of them are life-altering and shattering. Some of them are just the disappointment of being a Tigers or a Bulldogs fan. Those disappointments just do come. (laughs) Romans 8 verse 18 says this, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage uh, to decay and brought into freedom and glory of the children of God. 
We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we eagerly await for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of all of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And He who searches our hearts knows the minds of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. Now we hear that scripture, God works for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes. And we hear that scripture and we think, gee, that's a really optimistic scripture. But we often don't read the lead up to that that talks about the groans and the pain and the feeling of sometimes we feel like we are being crushed. But we have this hope that perhaps we can't even see, but we believe and we know in our hearts is true. And I guess I wanted to remind us this morning that, yeah, there will be disappointments that come. There will be pain and frustration and hurt and times where we feel that we are being crushed. But we have this hope that sometimes it's difficult to see, but it's an eternal hope in Jesus that this pain will one day have to bow its knee to the Creator, Jesus Christ. And we know that we will transition through this pain and this process to the other side. So today I want to just quickly look at a passage of Scripture in 1 Samuel chapter 30. And it really tells us a little bit about how King David dealt with disappointment. And this isn't a, um, a total entire commentary on disappointment, but a, a few points that would remind us today of some of the things that we go through when we have disappointment that will help us to process it in a healthy way. And so if you want to look at your uh, Bibles this morning at 1 Samuel chapter 30, We'll start in verse 1 and 2. It kind of gives an intro of what's happening in this passage. It says here, David and his men reached Ziglag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziglag. They had attacked Ziglag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them all off as they went on their way. Now, Ziglag was a stronghold for King David and his incredible mighty men and the people that were part of his army. And so it was unexpected as they were out fighting others that their home area, that their home base would be taken over, that it would be destroyed and that the women and children would be taken away. And so there was an incredible amount of disappointment that these men faced as they came home whilst thinking they're fighting for their families, their families were taken away. So I want to look this morning um, out of this passage of seven ways to deal with disappointment. And the first one's this, number one, to feel it. You know, sometimes I think in, in Pentecostal circles, we... Uh, have this thing where we, we want to push through and just have faith and ignore the feeling and the emotion of what we are experiencing. But I actually think that feeling the emotion and actually experiencing the disappointment and allowing ourselves to feel it is a healthy thing. 
when we push it down, when we try to hide it, when we try to just push it in and push through and faith, 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 which we do have and ignore how we feel, that is a recipe for a future disaster. We have to feel the disappointment. And can I just release you this morning to experience and to feel some of the disappointments that you are facing in your life and just allow yourself to feel the emotion of the disappointment and say, you know what, that hurt. That does hurt today. That will hurt possibly into the future as well. We've got to allow it. I noticed this the other day when my son Cooper, who's nine, he hurt himself and he come over to me crying and, I said, and as he's come over to me crying and, and, and everything like that, he said, oh, he's coming over and he's upset. And I, and I said to him, oh, my watch is going off. I said to him, you'll be okay. You're fine. And, and he looked up at me and said, well, no, I'm not. I'm hurting. It hurts. And I thought to myself how often we do that to one another. We'll be like, oh, you'll be fine. You're all good. We say to ourselves, you're fine. You're all good. But we actually are feeling pain. And sometimes the best thing to do is to give someone a hug, is just to be there for someone and let them experience how they are feeling and express how they're actually feeling. When we look at the life of Jesus, Jesus felt compassion. He was angry. He was indignant. He was consumed with zeal. He was troubled. He was greatly distressed. He was sorrowful. He was depressed. At times, he was deeply moved. He was grieved. He sighed. He wept. He sobbed. He groaned. He was in agony. He was surprised. He was amazed. He rejoiced. He was full of joy. He greatly desired and he loved. There's a whole gamut of emotions that Jesus felt at different moments in Scripture that are articulated to us. So Jesus felt and expressed emotions. God has created us to feel and express the emotions that we feel at times. Disappointment will come and we need to allow ourselves to feel the emotions of it. You know, I, um, I lost my mom when I was 11 and I lost my dad when I was 18. And it was disappointing and it was hard. And just like that, Quote says there in, from John Maxwell, disappointment is the gap that exists between expectation and reality. I, know, I knew from that the feeling of disappointment of the family that I thought we would have into the future and then the, the gap of what actually happened where that didn't exist. And that disappointment of losing mom and dad has not just been a one-time disappointment. And I'm not the only person that's faced stuff like this. We, many of us have. But it's a disappointment that rears its head and reminds you at different seasons of life. Things like Christmas time, where everyone's going to see family and friends and they're, and they're going to spend that time. It reminds you again that person's not there. Things like special moments when you get married and your parents aren't there. Things like those moments when you have a child and there's one side of the grandparents that are missing. And what I'm saying this morning is that disappointment is not a one and done thing. Sometimes we experience disappointment in our life like a health challenge that is ongoing. Or we experience disappointment in our life like a relationship that is broken down and then you have to process through that and there are layers of disappointment that come. And what I'm saying to you this morning, church, is you're allowed to feel those moments and allow yourself to go through that process. You have to feel to heal. 
And you have to allow yourself to be able to experience that and feel that. And in this moment here in 1 Samuel chapter 30, it says this, this is how David responded. When David and his men reached Ziglag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no more strength left to weep. They wept. They experienced it. They expressed their emotions. And I want to say to you today, today, church, when it comes to disappointment, allow yourself to feel it. Allow yourself to feel that disappointment. The second thing this morning is we need to feel it. And this isn't a process that you just have to go through in, a, in an ordered way. These things will come and go at different moments. But the second thing we need to do is we need to face it. We feel the emotion but then we need to face it. It says here in 1 Samuel 30 verse 5, David's two wives had been captured. And it says the widow of Nabal and Kamal, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So David had to face the moment. He had to face the fact that his wives were gone. He had to face the moment that these men were actually so upset, so disappointed, they were talking about stoning him. They were talking about killing David. So David had to face the reality and face the facts. And I think that's an important part of disappointment to say, hey, this has happened to me and this is what it means. This is the facts. This is the reality of the situation that's happened. And sometimes we just have to take a moment and we just have to face it. We have to face the reality of the situation. We have to understand what is happening, what is taking place. Face the reality of disappointments and the facts surrounding it. I remember the conversation, you know, we were a Christian family. We prayed for my mum to be healed. That I remember dad picking me up from school early one day and taking me to the hospital. And in the corridor of the hospital, he had this conversation with me and my sister about the fact that sometimes you pray for miracles and it doesn't happen. It was the last few days of her life and began to talk to me about that. I remember tears coming down his eyes. And in that moment, thinking to myself for the first time, maybe mum is not going to be healed. And just feeling the disappointment of that moment. And I, I think to myself now as an adult, how hard that moment must have been for my dad to be able to have that conversation with two young kids and face the reality of what was happening for him and the emotions of that. And I think for all of us, it's important to face the, the facts at times, face the reality of the emotions that we feel and allow ourselves to be able to face it. It says in Psalm 73 verse 26, my health may fail, and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. So we're facing the facts, but we're also understanding, hey, God is above the facts and my trust is in Him. The third thing this morning is this, to find God in it. We've talked about feeling it. We've talked about facing it. The third thing is to find God in it. It says in 1 Samuel 30 verse 6, as we go on in this passage, David was greatly distressed, distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. But David found strength in the Lord his God. David found strength in the Lord his God. He found God in the midst of the disappointment. 
He found a place where he could just get alone with God and allow his spirit to be encouraged again. And I think the sign of spiritual maturity for all of us is to not rely on others to be able to help us find God, but to be able to find God for ourselves. In the midst of whatever season we face, to be able to set aside time with God and to find God and encourage our soul again in Christ. And that is the sign of spiritual maturity. We, we, of course, have church. We have friendships. We have fellowship. We have people that can pour into our lives and speak the Word of God into our lives. And I think that's so necessary. And that's the beauty of community because there are times where it feels like you don't have the strength to do it yourself. But what I want to encourage all of us is to build deep wells of relationship with God so that in every season, through the highs and lows, we can find God. We can encourage our spirit. We can make sure that we are growing. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. You know, isolation is literally used as a torture. In prisons, in the prison system, isolation is put as a punishment. But yet sometimes we put ourselves through punishment when we go through disappointment and we isolate ourselves from community, we isolate ourselves from encouragement because of the pain that we're feeling. And can I encourage all of us this morning to open up our hearts again and say, God, I want to grow in you. I want to get around people that are going to bring godly encouragement into my life. I want to create a space where I can actually be built up in the midst of my disappointment instead of it letting it crush and destroy and pull me back down. Psalm 34 verse 18 says this, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And before this morning, we need to, when it comes to disappointment, we need to frame it. I love in the Psalms, when you look through the book of, of the Psalms and you see people like King David that just write these songs that were made to be sung. They are expressing the incredible emotions of David, the highs and lows. I love about the Psalms that they don't hide anything. They're just so honest about how David felt in the moment. But yet, when you look at the Psalms, he can be having it feels like the biggest complaint and the biggest whinge for verses and verses and verses and verses. And I think we can all relate to that at times, right? It can just be all these complaints. But then he frames it with something like, but God is the hope of my life. And he frames the whole feeling of how he's feeling and the emotions and the situation with a reminder that God is good in the midst of it. And I think for all of us, there are times that we need to frame our disappointment and remember, yes, it hurts. It hurts. I feel it. Yes, I've got to face the reality of it. Yes, I've got to go through that. I've got to find God in it. But I've also got to frame it and say, you know what? Even though this situation sucks, God is still good. God is in charge. God is taking care of my life. God is watching over me. God is giving me the strength to be able to process this. Even though it's painful right now, God has not left me. He is with the brokenhearted. He is with the crushed in spirit. He is my defender. He is the one that says that I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. He says that we are the head and not the tail. He says that we can have victory through Christ. And sometimes we just need to frame it again with the promises of God and remind ourselves, God is with me. Even though it hurts and it's painful, God has not left me. I'm framing the situation again to remind myself God is here. And that's exactly what happens in this passage in 1 Samuel 30 verse 7. 
It says, Then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Amalekite, Bring me the ephod. He brought it to him, and David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? Pursue them, he answered. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. And I love about David in this moment. What did he do? He framed it by saying, I know the situation. I know how I feel. But what does God say about it? What does God say about how I should respond? What does God say about what we should do in this situation? And that's exactly what framing it is. Framing it is bringing God into the situation. It's bringing Him into the frame and saying, God, what should I do? How should I respond to this disappointment that I feel right now? How can I make sure that I'm honouring you in this moment? He framed it. Number five, one of the things we need to do with disappointment, which I think is, is so important, is to find friends for it. A friend loves at all times. A friend in adversity, this is in Proverbs 17, 17. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for a time of adversity. We need to find friends for it. That's what happened in this passage. David uh, in, in verse 9 says, David and the 600 men who were with him went to Bessa Valley where some stayed behind. 200 of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the other 400 continued to pursue. There are some people that are going to be friends in those moments of adversity and pain. And there are some, just like in this moment here for David, that are not going to go with you. And it's finding out who is going to go with you, who is going to strengthen you, who is going to walk through with those times and understanding that there are others that are, for whatever reason, in this passage, they were too exhausted. Some people have got their own things going on or different things that are happening. It's not that they're bad people, but they just are not the person that's going to be a friend to your future in that moment. And I think for all of us, it's finding out when it comes to times of adversity, we need friends. We need somebody that's going to stand with us and encourage us. We need someone that's going to stand with us and perhaps even say nothing. They don't even have the answers. I know that I do this as a pastor every week. I don't have an easy answer or just a quick scripture. I can just diagnose you and be like, that's all sorted now. I've written up my script. Bang, I'm out. Sometimes I sit there and I think to myself in my head, if people can hear my thoughts, that really does suck. I do not know how they're going to get out of that situation. I, and I, I'm thinking those things, but I'm just trying to think in that moment, let's just frame it. What does God say? And I'm just listening and I'm just trying to be a friend. And I know people have done that for me many times in this church and without. And I've dealt with a lot of people over the last few years that have faced disappointment. Things that have derailed and hurt and been real pain. And they've just been disappointed. It could be a mental or emotional barrier in their life. It could be a whole bunch of things where they just feel the weight of disappointment. And I think at times we've all been there. And we need to find in that moment friends that are going to stick with us through the highs and lows. You know, sometimes some of the best friends can be a professional help, a counsellor, a psychologist, a doctor, somebody that can help us with our future health, finding people that would encourage us, finding a friend that's going to stand by you and love you and support you and be with you in the midst of some of the most painful times in your life is so important. And that's what David found. He found friends in the midst of it. Number six this morning, there's only seven points, so don't freak out. We're almost there. Number six this morning, we have to faith check it. We've all heard about the term fact checking, right? You go on social media and you can write a post and then someone jumps underneath and fact checks it. 
And that can be so subjective to the person that's creating the facts. But sometimes I think that that saying needs to be true when it comes to disappointment in our life. As hard as it is, we feel it, we face it, we find God in it, we're trying to frame it, we're we're finding friends for it. But sometimes we need to just say, hey, can I just faith check this situation? What would this look like if I added just a small bit of belief in the midst of this crushing pain that I feel right now? What if I could just put a small bit of faith into this situation? And begin to believe that God could do something in the midst of this pain. We look at 1 Samuel 30. It says, They found an Egyptian in a field, verse 11, and brought him to David. They gave him water to drink and food to eat, part of a cake and and pressed figs and two cakes of raisins. He ate it and was revived. For he had not eaten any food or drunk any water for three days and three nights. Verse 13 says, David asked him, Who do you belong to? Where do you come from? He said, I am an Egyptian, the son of an Amalekite. My master abandoned me because when I became ill three days ago, we raided the Negev and some of the territory belonging to Judah and of Caleb and we burned Ziglag. He owns up to it. David asked him, can you lead me down to this raiding party? He answered, swear to me before God that you will not kill me or hand me over to my master and I will take you down to them. He led David down and there they were scattered over the countryside, eating, drinking and reveling because of the great amount of plunder they had taken. And so their faith looked like one person that was in the desert wandering around by themselves that had no food. And David said, hey, that's a clue to where this raiding party could be. That's a small part of the story of me finding out where these missing wives and children are, where the plunder has gone. There is a small part of the story here that if I could just get this person to tell me where they are and allow them to lead me to where this person is, then we are gonna find this whole party, this whole raiding party. And I think about David. He believed God because God told him to go after it. And so every clue, he was putting faith into the situation. He was faith checking it. Hey, where's this going to lead me? Where's this going to take me? And I wonder when it comes to disappointment in our life, do we faith check it? Do we put a little bit of faith into the situation? You know, I have with me up on the platform this morning some mustard seeds. And you know, the whole passage that Jesus talks about, the parable of the mustard seeds... And he says, for truly I tell you in Matthew 17, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Now, mustard seeds are incredibly small. In fact, they're usually about one millimeter in size. And I've just spilled a whole bunch of mustard seeds, but you probably can't even see it. And I'm holding a mustard seed in my hand right now. And the reality is you probably can't even see it. It's that small, you cannot even see it. And I know for me, there's been times where disappointment has happened to me in my life. Where I've just tried to add a small bit of faith to it. And it's been so small, you would not even see it because that's all the strength I had to muster up was my small little mustard seed faith in the midst of it. And nobody else could see it. In fact, I could hardly even see it. 
but just adding a small bit of faith to the pain and the disappointment, allowing ourselves to faith check it again and say, hey, what would this look like if I just added a little bit of belief into it? And what could God grow out of that? And to be honest with you, some of the greatest testimonies of my life personally, the moments where I know God has been faithful and that I can trust Him, have been some of the most painful things that I've gone through where all I've had is the smallest bit of faith that you could not even see. That mustard seed faith that has produced great testimony, has produced great reminders of the promises of God and His incredible faithfulness because we just added a little bit. Your faith may feel small, surrounded by disappointment, but if you plant it, it will grow. If you just take it and just put it in that ground, it will grow. David, in one of the Psalms, he says, Why, my soul, are you downcast? Why so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Saviour and my God. He's gone from the feeling of depression and anxiety and fear to saying, hey, I'm just going to take this little seed of faith. But God, I will praise Him, my Saviour and my God. Put a little bit of faith into the pain and the situation and see what God can do. And finally this morning, forge faith foundations for others with it. When it comes to disappointment, how could your story and your journey be an inspiration for others. We've talked about how disappointment is not just a one and done thing. Disappointment is something that we feel the emotions of it at different seasons in our life. And it can be something that comes to us at times we don't even expect. But one of the things that I think is one of the most powerful testimonies for those that we know and love outside of a church community is when they watch us process through pain and they watch, watch us process it differently to how the world does and to still trust God in the midst of our pain, that is one of the greatest testimonies for our faith. One of the greatest times that our faith jumps up on that hill and is a city on a hill and is a light for those that are around us when they see us going through pain. But even with all the small strength that we have left, trust God in it. That is a beacon of hope and light to our community, to our friends, to our world, where they see that. And we have an opportunity in our disappointments to forge faith foundations for others. And you know what David did in this passage? It finishes with David taking some stones and making a memorial area to remember for future generations where people would know, hey, this is where God brought about a great victory for His people here at Ziglag. That yeah, it looked impossible. It looked like disappointment. Our our whole area had been taken and been burned and the people had been taken, but God delivered us a victory. And so He put foundation stones there. Then when He took the plunder, he, He began to send some of that plunder to different tribes and areas that were in alliance with David to remind them that God is faithful even in the midst of the pain. And I wonder in disappointment whether we could forge foundations of faith for others and allow our testimony to build back a bit of strength for others. When we hear their story and how God was faithful to them, it helps us. I remember, I'll finish with this story. When I was really dealing in the weeks after my dad passed away, I was 18. My sister was on a cruise, so we couldn't get to her. I had to... uh, finally got her on the phone I had to tell her that dad had passed away and I had about a three or four day period where I was in our family home 
by myself. And I was just trying to deal with the emotion of dad now passed away and mum had passed away a few years earlier. And I was just really overcome with this feeling of just, just overwhelming grief. And someone had given me a few weeks before a DVD of a guy called Nick Vujicic. And he is a guy that was born with no arms and no legs. He's a preacher and he goes all around the world preaching about God's purpose for your life and how even in the midst of his pain and his disappointment, God has helped him and he's become an inspiration to so many people around the world. And I remember putting that DVD on in my home by myself and watching him preach a message for about 40 minutes. And I remember it just put everything into perspective for me. And I thought, gee, if this guy no arms, no legs, that's completely life-altering, can praise God in the midst of it and bring inspiration and hope to others through that. What could God do with just what seems so small in my situation? And how could I use that to bring inspiration and hope to others and bring strength to others because of what God's done in me? And I guess the challenge is for all of us today. We've all faced disappointment and if you haven't faced it, you're gonna face it. That's the truth, that's the reality. But how could God take that and use that to bring strength to a whole bunch of other people that you would bring hope and peace and joy to others because you've journeyed through it? Would you stand with me this morning? Psalm 46.1 says this, God is our refuge and strength. He's always ready to help in times of trouble. You may leave today and your disappointment hasn't changed and the situation is still the same. But I wanna pray today for the strength to be able to frame it with a new perspective, the faith to find God in the midst of it. And I wanna pray for God's miraculous power to be able to overcome it. Because sometimes the burdens feel great and sometimes it feels overwhelming. But we have a God that is with us in the midst of our pain. He wants to see us move through it in victory and strength. And yeah, there will be times where you continue to feel it. There'll be times where it feels overwhelming. But more than all of that, I pray we're a church that can find God in it. Find God in the disappointment and be able to come to Him again and allow Him to refuel and refresh us. What's it say in Scripture? It reminds us in Isaiah 40 that He's gonna give us strength, new strength, so that we can run and not grow weary. And that's the new strength that we need when it comes to disappointment. God's strength that gives faith in the mix and hope in the midst of the pain that we feel. So this morning, would you reach out your hands just to God? And let me pray for you this morning. Lord, I pray over every person here this morning where disappointment has come into their life. It's been a very personal experience. It's been crushing at times. It's been emotional. It's been hard. It's been overwhelming. And the enemy has tried to create a bit of a foothold and to crush us. But Lord, this morning we say no. We say no to that. We say no to letting this crush and destroy us, Lord. We say yes to your hope and your power and your strength in the midst of it. And Lord, this morning we let faith rise up again and we choose to find you, God, in it. Find strength in the Lord our God, just like David did. 
And I pray that You would fill us with faith again. Help us to be able to frame it with thanksgiving, Lord, in the midst of our pain. Lord, help us to be able to forge faith foundations for others. Lord, help us to faith check it and just add that small amount of mustard seed faith that may be invisible to others, but it's visible to You. And just plant that thing in the ground and water it with worship and water it with prayer and water it with Your Word. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that You would strengthen us. Let this disappointment break us, Lord, but let it become a testimony of Your faithfulness and strength, like a marking stone like David had where other generations could go by and see, yeah, that was painful, but look at the testimony that came. Lord, we pray for miraculous breakthrough for those that are dealing with disappointment right now. And we pray for Your peace and Your strength in the midst as we process through it. God, we give and we lay down our disappointments at Your feet. And we pray, we Pray in, uh, in replacement of that. Let your peace and your hope come into every heart, into every life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 You know, I know today was, was a heavy word and I ummed and art about it because we had the kids in, but you can only go with what you feel God's given you. And so I just want to, uh, we're going to finish the service in a moment. But if you do want prayer this morning, we've got a place for you at the front here. You are so welcome to come. Our team are ready. We can pray and minister to you and just just speak life over you. You're welcome to come as we close the service in a moment. But we're going to just sing through together. If that's you, feel free to come this morning and we'd love to pray for you. And then we'll jump up and close the service in a few minutes time. So let's worship together.